If you are listening to this podcast, it means you're searching, searching for someone who understands you, someone who gets you. You are yearning to be understood and to belong. Welcome to the Someone Gets Me podcast, where we help smart, talented, and sensitive people navigate an often insensitive world. I am Diane Allen, your host. My roles as ambassador, author, speaker, and intuitive mentor for bright and talented people are woven into each episode. I have the experience and knowledge to educate and inspire as I have been there and I understand your unique intensities, sensitivities, and challenges. Welcome. Five Essential Keys to Inner Freedom. Hi, friends. I'd like to share a story with you to start with today. The story is about a person. It could be you or somebody you know or care about or love. And for me, it's not only people I care about and love, but also many clients over the years. And that is somebody who maybe has suffered pain or grief, maybe some kinds of trauma or addiction. You know, the the challenges that we all face in life, the sicknesses that maybe follow us, the pains that get us down. Some people call it intergenerational pain. Some people call it grief. And of course, trauma is a very heavily used word. It could even come from poverty or um, being neglected when we were little. All of these situations. And what happens is, we can get caught in the prison of the symptom, of the problem, of the challenge. And then we end up sacrificing our own inner freedom. And again and again, in my own life and in the lives of many of the people I've worked with, we can be stuck in this spot of thinking, it's happened to my mom or dad or my grandparents or my aunt and uncle. And, oh, it's been coming down the line in my family for generations, so I must be stuck with this affliction. I remember when I was younger, the eye doctor told me that um, I wouldn't need glasses until I um, had blurry vision. And I said, great, I'm never going to need glasses. Everyone related to me in my immediate family started wearing glasses at a young age, except me. and. I don't wear glasses. I have no prescription. So what was that? It couldn't have been just genetics. I think part of it was that genetics aren't expressing maybe in the way they otherwise would have because of my belief and faith in something different, even though as a child, I would never have used those words and didn't even know it was a thing. But I didn't want that. And I focused on having healthy eyes. And I do. In fact, my most recent eye exam, the eye doctor said, your eyes are bionic. And I laughed and said, well, I just have this faith in in my sight. And so I bet you have experiences like this in your life too. And so I think what's important is that we realize that if we hold the belief that we cannot be free on an inner level from history, free from what's being passed down from us, if we're just stuck in this spot, then we stay stuck. And we don't want to do that. We want to realize that we have the power and control and the free will and the ability 
to create a level of freedom never before experienced by people in our family tree or by others around us. And that freedom is an inner freedom. And so the first thing I want to talk about here is locus of control. And that is that what I notice in our culture, in our in our Western society, we are all taught to give an, an exorbitant amount of power to the outside world, that the environment dictates how we are. And we can thank Aristotle and people of that time for the, for this. And it's been perpetuated that we're, we're created and our lives happen because of the environment. And I think on some levels it does affect us. But I think the internal locus of control has somehow gotten washed over, maybe even lost. And some people that I talk to aren't even aware that there is such a thing as an internal locus of control. And that means that you have the inner knowingness, the inner authority, the inner guidance system, if you will, like your own inner GPS that helps you act upon the world rather than always reacting to the world, which could set you up to be in a victim stance. And we don't want to be in that. We want to be in charge of our lives and we want to have agency. So the limits that we have taught or the society tries to tell us don't necessarily have to control us. You know, like I'm always going to be like this or I'm stuck like this or I'm always going to be lonely or no one will ever understand me. All those big general comments and that generational dysfunction that we are taught to think that we are bound by is not necessarily the case. We can be free of that. So there is a sense, in my mind anyway, of beauty in the ashes. Now, personally, I've been through a lot in my life, and and I've had to break a lot of these chains. In fact, my book, How to Quit Anything in Five Simple Steps, Break the Chains That Bind You, help people not only with addiction of any kind, but break those chains that bind us. It was my very first book. It was published nine years ago, and people still writing me about it. Because it matters that we start seeing the world differently. Now, if you have any kind of addiction, like some people have addiction to social media or substances, but a bigger addiction is to fear or anger. We can have inner addictions to biology and chemistry. And we want to remember that addiction is the effect of a spent cause. So I hear a lot of people even counselors in the addiction field that say addiction is the cause. And I don't carry that belief. I carry the belief that it's the effect of a spent cause. The cause, disconnection from oneself, spiritual bankruptcy, feeling so depleted that anything to fill the hole will work. And pretty soon the person is a slave to an addiction. Another challenge is pain, physical, emotional, mental, right? social. Grief is another challenge. Grief is a conflicting mass of human emotion following any change of behavior. So a lot of people that I know are are still grieving and healing the significant change of behavior since the COVID pandemic or grieving, moving, grieving, changing jobs, grieving life is different. It will never go back to how it was. People keep yearning to go back, to go back, to go back. We, you can't go back. Hear me again. You cannot go back. 
when your ego tries to get you to think that you can go back to anything, it's lying. It's not possible to go back. Another big challenge is fatigue and exhaustion. And gifted and highly sensitive people and people with a lot of spiritual intensity can get fatigued and exhausted quite easily. You know, I've been in the helping industry for my entire career over four decades now. And it's very tempting and it's very easy to get seduced into what I call compassion fatigue. We're caring so much about everyone else and what's going on in the system and the things that you yourself end up exhausted. And you don't have to be in the helping field to have compassion fatigue. With all of the challenges going on in the world, we can easily get ourselves, if our boundaries within us are not clear, into a place where our compassion exhausts us. And then we aren't as effective as maybe we would like to be. So I have five essential keys to help us achieve and live in, you know, our own inner freedom. Because if we want to be free, we have to start inside of us. Blaming another human being, a system, um, any kind of pointing our finger away and blaming something reminds us that we are pointing at something that's also in us. So if I'm blaming somebody, or something for trying to control me. Control comes from fear. So I need to look at myself and say, how is fear and control dominating my inner reality? The moment I heal that, the moment I free myself from my own inner limitation, the power of that fear and control releases. And then I can make really good decisions and behaviors of how to move forward. So It behooves all of us to really look within and say, how is what's going on in the world reflecting to us those parts of us we've been trying very hard not to look at? Because the truth is, it all comes out. The truth always shows up. So we might want to start looking within to have inner freedom so that we can be a beneficial presence and and not be an emotional slave to what's going on in the world. So here are the five essential keys to your inner freedom. The first one is having faith and trust. And faith, I'm not talking about religion here. What I'm talking about is understanding that the universe and the universal laws have our back and that we can trust them. If you drive a car, you have to have faith that the cars on going the other way honor the lines, the little yellow lines in the middle of the two-lane country road or the white dotted lines on a highway or the traffic lights. To get in a car, we have to have faith that people will also honor the same rules that we're honoring. And so when they don't, there's accidents and crashes, right? So faith is, in my mind, our inner connection and understanding that the universe has higher laws that humans must live by as well as nature itself. So do I have faith in that? Do I have faith and trust in how the universe works? Now, the universe can open doors that we never thought possible when we live in that kind of flow. I mean, many times opportunities have shown up for me that I didn't even know were coming that were amazing. 
And I've seen it happen with many of my clients and many friends of mine too, where things happen in our favor that we didn't see coming because we had a little bit of trust and faith. Number two is surrender. Um, Surrender um, could mean to give up and maybe you need to give up the egoic fight of right fighting, thinking you have to be right all the time, right? Or maybe you need to give up the egoic um, rigidity. You might need to give up all of that. Surrender also means to relax into the flow of the universe, to trust that this whole world has a purpose and a meaning and has our backs. And that trying to swim up current all the time is exhausting. And we're not meant to do that. I kind of use the example of tubing, you know, getting on the big inner tube and floating down the river, which I did a lot when I was in college. And there were always somebody trying to swim up river. But what happened eventually? They ended up getting exhausted and floating down the river with the rest of us. Or then there was the people who grabbed onto the branches hanging overhead And the thrill of the rush of the water underneath gave a little bit of an adrenaline rush. But what happened? Eventually, their grip couldn't hold anymore. And they had to come down the river with the rest of us. And the river represents that flow of life, the beauty of life, the cycles that we are living in. And see, in the industrialized world, people are more and more and more disconnected from that beautiful flow of our world which is, I think, part of the cause of lots of situations. So it's important, I think, that we learn how to surrender. We learn how to see where um, maybe we're holding on to something that's not serving us, or maybe we're living by limits that aren't meant for us to live by, or maybe we're swimming upstream. Or maybe we're trying to get out of the river. (laughs) We're trying to pretend like the rules don't apply to us or the way the universe is, isn't, isn't our, our, isn't our world. Cause see, we're taught that humans are above it all. And that's not true. We're not above it all. We are in the world, just like all the other creatures. We may not be of the world in the same way because of how we're made, but we're still in it. There's still the way to live that matters. It's kind of like um, gravity. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I used to run groups a lot with people in new substance abuse recovery, and they'd be trying to control everything. I said, it's like gravity. You don't have to believe in gravity, but if I drop the pen, it's hitting the ground. And you can say, I don't believe it and don't believe it. I don't believe in gravity. I don't believe in gravity over and over and over again and stomp your princess foot and go after it. But the pen's going to hit the ground. So we can either fight the greater laws, or we can surrender into them and understand that we have free will and choice and there are still laws that are greater. The third thing that helps um, bring you inner freedom is the ability to receive. And this is a big one. I have seen so many people work so hard to find the right person to date, to be in a relationship with, to achieve something important in their professional career or with their family and work really hard, maybe to get free of substances or maybe get on the other side of being really depressed or anxious or coming up with a goal that's very, very important. And then 
right as they're about to receive the good life, right as they're ready to receive that blessing that comes from all their hard work, they sabotage. Because see, self-sabotage comes from the fear of success, which is the inability to receive. So if I'm going to work very hard for something, if you are going to work very hard for something, you want to practice receiving the good that comes as a result of all that hard work. And you can kind of tell if you're good at receiving. So if somebody compliments you, like, I really like what you're wearing today, and you feel uncomfortable and say, and you have to compliment right back, your receiving ability needs a little help. Because if somebody pays you a compliment, the only appropriate response is thank you with nothing after it. And the highest compliment, of course, is I love you. So receiving is so important. I know a lot of people who are great at giving. They give money, they give time, they give talent. They're givers, givers, givers. But when it comes to receiving, they kind of look at me like I speak a different language all of a sudden. I have a couple of clients I'm working with right now, and it's common with people I've been working with over decades. And I had to learn the same lesson that we want to learn how to receive. That doesn't mean taking. Taking and receiving are two separate things, right? And so it's about when something is offered to us that we're happy to receive it. Think about the last time either somebody made a really great meal for you or you made a really great one for somebody else. I mean, would you order the really nice meal or if a loved one made a meal for you and look at it and admire it and then just get up and throw it in the trash without tasting it or eating it? No, you wouldn't. But people do that with other things in their life all the time. And that self-sabotage comes from the fear of success. So maybe there's a little work to do there, but receiving your good, receiving the blessing, the goodness that is yours because of your hard work and because of your presence and simply because you are sucking air is a very important, essential key if you want to have inner freedom. The fourth essential key is having gratitude. And you've heard me speak before about the three different kinds of gratitude. Um, and it's, it's a much bigger thing than, than just noticing things I'm grateful for today on the outside world. That's fine, and that's good, and it's necessary, but there's more to it. It's learning how to have the presence of gratefulness, no matter what the external circumstances. Being and feeling and experience and being that presence of gratitude, independent of outside influence. And that takes a lot of work. And some days we're really great at it. And some days we're not great at it. And that's totally okay. What matters is that we're always moving forward and we're always striving to hold that gratitude space more and more and more. And the fifth essential key to inner freedom is to keep the flow going. And that, um, in my world, a lot of times is to do with being kind and generous and nice and paying things forward, especially when somebody's not expecting it or especially when things don't happen. So one of the things that I really love to do is if I'm at an event or I'm out shopping or I'm doing something and I think of one of my friends, I see something, oh, they would love this. As long as it's within my means and it makes sense, they just receive it. 
I grab it, I might mail it to them or bring it to them as a surprise. It doesn't have to be their birthday or holiday just because I feel like it. Or if I'm thinking about somebody and they just keep coming to mind, I might text them or more importantly, call them so they hear my voice to say, I'm really grateful you're in my life. Thank you for your presence. Even if that's all I say. And sometimes I call people and say, I'm just calling to say hi and hear your voice. And then there's this long pregnant silence because most of us are conditioned to think that if somebody's calling us, they want something. Well, what if you called somebody because you wanted to give something, give encouragement, share gratitude, pay forward into that person, into their world and their day, something that's wonderful for you just because? What if you did that? You called somebody and said, I'm just calling to tell you I love you. Sounds like a song, right? Or I'm just calling because I'm thinking about you. Now, when I'm meditating in the morning, if somebody's name pops in my head, and a lot of times they do, they show up different people from different parts of my world. Often I will either text or call or email the person and say, hey, you showed up in my meditation this morning. And I just wanted to tell you that I'm thinking about you and sending you a prayer or a blessing, whatever language I know that person can receive. And know that because everything's connected to everything. There's no accidents when somebody shows up in your consciousness. And so those are the five essential keys to inner freedom. There's more, of course, but these are the big ones. And we want to be careful not to blame ourselves or have a lot of shame or doubt in our way. So there's there are challenges in the human experience that we have the opportunity to grow beyond. And so it's important to realize that we're all learning, everybody's growing, and it's not about passing the test with an A. It's about learning and being willing to share and give what is important. So remember that anytime you have a physical situation, a physical limitation or sickness or pain, that's your body telling you that there's maybe some surrender or release or forgiveness to do in your spiritual, emotional, mental world. If you don't have enough energy to keep on going, right? You're tired. You ever get fatigued? Gifted people get fatigued a lot. It's time for you to say, hold on, let me slow down and step back so that I can help break this cycle that I'm in. Because you are here, in fact, to break the cycle. So friends, I hope these five essential keys have served you and reminded you of things you already know, or maybe I shared something in a way you haven't heard before that helped shed even more of a light for you. But my purpose here at Someone Gets Me and in all the work I do is to inspire and educate and offer you a sense of freedom, a sense of safety, and a sense of calm assurance. If ever I can support you in any way, don't forget You can email me anytime, join our Someone Gets Me Facebook group, or be part of my community in any way. Until the next episode of Someone Gets Me, remember to keep your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you, because you're a rock star. You are here on purpose, with a mighty purpose. So go out there and let your light shine. And remember, your inner freedom is independent of the outside world. Until the next episode, be well. Are you tired of searching for someone to understand you? Join our Facebook group, 
someone gets me. In this group, you will be able to connect with others who are intense, sensitive, smart, and talented. I share my insights and teachings, and you can connect with others in a real, authentic, safe forum. So join us today. Someone gets me.